When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Subscribe to the Inside Sports Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. This is 6.30 Chad Inside Sports. All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. Oilers Development Camp continuing at the Downtown Community Arena. And uh, the Oilers will have their Billy Morris Cup tomorrow at 6. So I'll go to check that out while the uh, Elks are here in this time slot on 6.30. Jed, taking on Montreal. The cover starts with a countdown to kickoff at 4. And the game will commence at 5.30. Focus, obviously, on the Oilers tonight. When it comes to NHL free agency discussion, though, I can also tell you this was a headline name for me, Johnny Goudreau to the Columbus Blue Jackets, seven years, $68.25 million. The average annual value there, $9.75 million. Goudreau, 28 uh, years of age, awesome season this past year, 115 points for the Flames. He was making $6.75 million per season. Had a six-year deal run out in Calgary. There was a lot of speculation. Maybe the Devils, maybe the Flyers. Instead, he goes to the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Interesting one there and a big loss for the uh, Calgary Flames. I know a couple guys are on hold. I want to get some of your written messages as well. Ken Holland, though, was asked today about how he sees the goaltending workload breaking down. I'd like to think that, uh, you know, Jack will play, fi- you know, if, if, if both guys are healthy, Jack will play 50 and Stewart will play 30, you know, give or take three or four games, you know, whether it's 52, 53 and 30 or 55 and 27 or, but, but something like, you know, 50, 30 is what I would kind of envision. I think that, uh, you know, when Stu Skinner played last year, um, you know, he, he played, he gave us a chance to win every night. I thought he did, you know, I think he's saves percentage was 915-ish or something, you know, so I think that um, by by Stu playing some games last year gives me, I think gives everybody a comfort level. We got to see him in the NHL. In my mind, he was one of the, um, you know, best goaltenders at the American Hockey League level. He helped uh, Bakersfield win a little bit of a championship a year ago in that Pacific Division. So, um, you know, I, I'm excited uh, about our goaltending and looking forward to Stu Skinner growing. Skinner last season, 13 appearances in the NHL. He went 6-6. Six and six. He did record that first career NHL shutout against the San Jose Sharks. He had a 9-13 save percentage, so pretty respectable. So his workload is probably going to a little bit more than double based on what Ken Holland was talking about. If, you, if he's, I mean, well, let's just say it's 52 starts for Campbell, 30 for Skinner. Um, Skinner, pretty good season with the Bakersfield Condors. I mean, he was 9-20 in the AHL in the regular season and uh, was 22-7-5 when it came to wins and losses. I mean, if the Oilers have a team percent of the save percentage in, in around 9-15, I, I think that's going to be pretty good. 
pretty good because I, I would think the offense is still going to be there. I, I get, uh, you know, I still see a little bit of, of, of a concern. You lost Keith, so Broberg's probably going to have to take on a little bit more responsibility, as will Kulak. Um, you'll have uh, Bouchard on the right side, CeCe on the right side, Tyson Berry. I, I know there's been speculation about possibly him being moved. He's still an Edmonton Oiler. I know there can still be some changes uh, along the way. So, you know, maybe you, you could still pick away at the defense a little bit. Now, hey, this is the roster on, on July 13th. There's still a lot of time to, to tweak things, and especially once you get into the season. But uh, I'm hearing mostly optimism today from Oil Country. We'll see what Sir Robert has to say on the Certainty Hotline. Sir Robert, go ahead. Uh, hey, Reed, how you doing? Good. Well, well, I mean, I got to say, I like the uh, I like the moves that uh, Holland made, and uh, well, and I want I'll start with Kane, and uh, I say that I say this that uh, in the sense of that I mean, like considering the numbers that I was hearing for Kane, and you know, and what he might be able to get, and all, I called him the other night, and I said, you know, based on based on that he had he had permission to talk with other teams, I thought 80 percent, we don't get him, but to get him at the at the price point we did, I mean Ken Holland did and did and didn't Ken Holland did and didn't he did an unreal job there sign a sign and came for what he did. And obviously Campbell, I think five times five, I like the deal for that. Campbell, I mean he's showing he's showing to me that 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 I I mean he's a he I think he can be a, you know fifty two. 55 game starter like Holland was saying and uh, Kulak to me I mean losing Keith I mean that that kind of hurts but I mean being able to keep Kulak I like that he was able to keep him as well yeah thanks sir Robert I think that's uh, I think that's fair and I think I, I here's the thing Oilers have have needed a goaltender and, and to me, that's not so much a criticism of Mike Smith's play, because if you look at Mike Smith's performance when he did play, um, you know, once he kind of got feeling a little better and got rolling in the second half of the season, he, he was pretty good. And if, if you just look at the goaltending matchup in the playoffs, he beat Jonathan Quick and he beat Jacob Markstrom. Now, it doesn't just come down to goaltending, and you can counter that by saying, well, you know, kind of a backup guy in, in Pavel Francouz beat him in the Western Conference Final. Fair enough, but he was still one of four starting goaltees, goaltenders to made, who, who made it uh, that far. The the discussion always with Smith was, well, when is it going to end? I mean, the Oilers get him in his late 30s. He, he's he's turning, you know, he becomes 40 during the season and, and all that kind of stuff. So when can they maybe have a guy where you're not sitting at the end of every year saying, okay, was that it? Is there going to be a drop-off next year? So you got Campbell when he's 30. I I, I, I still, there's a, clearly a lot in the tank there for Campbell. I get it, you know, with where he was drafted, should have he been better earlier in his career? I suppose you could, you could make that argument, but the Oilers aren't getting him earlier in his career. They're getting him now after he had a pretty decent season with Toronto. Uh, 780-496-0063. Kellen, what do we have? Lots of text messages, of course, on free agency today. We'll start with Logan, who texts in and says, with Keith being the leader he is, do you think he retired to help keep Kane? I mean, I couldn't see Smith doing that because of how competitive he is and the drive he has, or did he have to win a cup? That's from Logan. Uh, I do not think Duncan Keith retired so the Oilers could retain other players. Uh, I, I mean, I think he kind of laid it out yesterday. 
family obviously very important to him he, he wanted to give it a shot here in Edmonton but he he did I think it was actually Jack that asked him and Keith even said that even the last few seasons felt a little different to him where he knew he was kind of approaching the end of his career so no interesting question but I, I don't think Keith's thought oh I'm going to step aside so that money can go to another player I think if he would have felt like he could play and contribute um, you know he would have played but I think he's just decided to, to move on to the next chapter Mm-hmm. Armswar uh, ta- uh, texts in and says, "Who'd you rather be right now, Kenny Holland or Brad Tre Living? Trey Living looked defeated today." Well, I mean, that's a huge loss. I mean, like that's the leading scorer of the team leaving. But yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna. I mean, hey, <laughs> I live in Edmonton. I have a Northern Albertan. I know about the rivalry. I, I I'm not necessarily gonna come on here and gloat that that Goudreau left. Like, look, that's. That's a blow to the Battle of Alberta. It, it, unless they go out and get Kadri, because Kadri would add some spice to it, especially with Kane on this side of it. But, I, I mean, that is that is a blow to Calgary. And if you look at this last season they had, that's that's disappointing for them to lose to the Oilers, and especially the, the fashion in which they lost. I mean, they got all those goals in Game 1. They got the win, and then... Um, you know, they lose a close game in game two. They gave up they gave up those back-to-back breakaway goals. One of them was shorthanded. Uh, Edmonton kind of took it to him in game three. Kane got the natural hat trick in that one. Game four, they fall behind. They tie it up on the weird long shot goal. Nugent Hopkins scores late in the third period. Flames, you know, I still think they got a bit of a ba- bad break on the uh, Coleman kick in play, and they wind up losing in overtime. Now, having said that, Goudreau and a couple of their other top guys on their top line um we're not good enough so you know for calgary all right well we had a bit of a bummer outing in the playoffs but let's all get back together and and try to do it again guys well now a big driver for what they were able to do during most of the season isn't going to be back so yeah i i wouldn't expect brad trey living to be out there uh, leading a parade after goudreau moves on Got one here from Jace, who's very optimistic. He says he feels a Stanley Cup next season for the Oil, and Johnny Hockey's decision does not make any sense. Wow. Really? Okay. Uh, I, I, I'm curious if, if Jace is still listening. I would love if he elaborated on what to him doesn't make sense. Like I, I, th- I think I know what he's thinking, but mm. uh, uh, I, I mean, yeah, he didn't. He wanted to go east. I guess that's the farthest he, he realistically uh, he realistically could go. But uh, I mean, here's the here's the thing, everybody. Th- this is uh, I I don't know what any of you do for a living. I I I, I would love it if you were all uh, millionaires and made as much as NHL players and pro athletes. I'm, I'm guessing not all of you do. But despite the money, they're they're still all human beings that have uh you know goals and emotions and and uh aspirations and, and places they want to live and, and you know family or living somewhere or winning might be a different priority so you can never really know i guess you can talk to somebody and get to know them but just on the surface of a player who has choices like johnny goudreau would have why do they pick a certain market over another market or a certain team over another team? And again, that circles back to what we were talking about in the first half hour. The Oilers are in a better position to sign free agents, um, maybe in the history of NHL free agency. <laughs> I, I mean, in all seriousness, and, and I know, you know, they, when they got Lucic a few years ago, that was a big deal. 
that was a big deal. And then Luch was good for about a year and a half. I mean, Secker was a, a nice signing a few years ago as well. They have had some depth signings that work out. You know, I'll always uh, plug Mark Letestu for it. He was able to to bring for about two and a half seasons here with the Oilers. He was uh, he was pretty valuable in his role when they made the playoffs in in sixteen seventeen to break the drought. Um, so. Yeah, I mean, uh, Goudreau's decision being confusing, it, it might be for some of you, but obviously in his mind, it's it's going to make sense. He, he took the he took the best possible route that he that he thought he could. What else do we have, Kellen? Uh, we'll go to Drew on the text line. He says he's optimistic about the Oilers based on Holland's work, but a little curious on what the bottom six will look like. I, I am too, so. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, okay, well, here's the thing. So... That, that's that's fair. So you're gonna McLeod's gonna be on the team. There are still some players we have to wait and see about. Will Pulleyarvi be on the team? Will Fogel be on the team? Uh, you know, Derek Ryan is gonna be on the team. Uh, Shore still has a year left on his contract. Archibald, by the way, has gone back to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, Dylan Holloway should be on the team. Is he in the top six or is he a third liner? Is uh, and then, and then even with Nugent Hopkins, is Nugent Hopkins a top six winger or is he the the third line center? And maybe you know maybe McLeod's another center and Derek Ryan's on on the wing. I think that's I think that's a fair question. Who's who wrote that in? Oh, that was Drew. I, I think yeah. that's a fair question from Drew. And I touched on this a little bit last night, Drew. I, I, look, obviously, even though I think the Oilers are in a good spot, I'm never going to say they're the perfect team. I, I, I'm still, am I comfortably going to say, well, they're a, a short list of a Stanley Cup contender? I don't think I can say that quite yet. And I, I thought one of the things that turned the tables in the Colorado series was that Colorado's third line was really, really good, really, really fast and, and had some skill. Are the Oilers at that level? I, I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe if the third line is Nugent Hopkins, Holloway, and somebody on the right side whether it's yesy someone new someone gets promoted or yamamoto play, i mean however things get moved around maybe that could could make the orders uh move up in my estimation in terms of you know whether we want to talk about power rankings or things like that i, I think i do think that's a fair question now they have a, they they have two legitimate top six lines which be, because of hyman and kane which is transformed from I, i've referenced this before after they got swept by the Winnipeg Jets, Rob Brown said it because I said, Rob, I don't think they have a third line. And Rob said, Reed, I'm not sure they have a second line because they wound up playing Drysdale and McDavid together in that series when, when Tippett was coaching. And uh, Nugent Hopkins was kind of on the second line with whoever. And then you had even more leftovers on on the alleged third line. No, that's a, that's a fair comment. That's another storyline we got to watch for. We have uh, Kevin. Uh, Archibald to Pittsburgh, by the way. Somebody was just uh, checking what I said there. Archibald to Pittsburgh. Kevin, a different Kevin than called in in the first half hour. Hey, Kevin, go ahead. Okay, I, I'm just kind of mystified, guys. Like, here we are with this guy. He's got such a bad past with assaulting his wife and doing other things that are not supposed to be the character for the Edmonton Oilers. And we go ahead and pick him up. We don't care about his character. We, in this day and age, why are we taking a guy that beats on a female? And why are we hiring him? Is it like when we're, we're dealing with McTavish who kills somebody when he's driving drunk? And we're just going to pick these people up and employ them? They shouldn't be employable. 
nobody wants this guy. He's a good hockey player. He's a huge bad person. So you okay? Wow, that's a that's a loaded. So you think Craig McTavish should have not been let back into the NHL? Craig McTavish got nothing for what he did. If you go back and and look at what he got for killing that person, he got zero. He was let out of jail early. He served like two weeks for killing a person. I, I thought I, like, I'm pretty sure he did a year in jail for vehicular no, homicide. No, he didn't. He got out early. Called. He bought his way out of the situation, and then the first team to step up to the plate was the Edmonton Orders to employ him. The first team. Yeah, well, Why? yeah. Sather and Sather and Sinden worked out a, a, a trade there. I'm not sure how that relates into this current management. I, I think there are. I, I mean, look, I'm not going to tell you how to feel about Evander Kane, and you're not the first caller to express that. It, Rob and I talked about that leading into the signing. We both had uh, a little bit of discomfort about it ourselves. In fact, Rob said he, he wouldn't have signed him at the time. But but I think once a player is signed, in my mind, I'm just not just going to keep beating on him um, for doing this, for, for doing this, or, or, or doing this. Uh, by the way, I mean, look, this he, he was accused of, of, of assaulting his, his wife. I believe he was never actually uh, charged or punished for that. Yes, he, he filed for bankruptcy. Yes, he's had situations in which there was alienation between him and his teammates in the past. I think we all know how pro sports work. If you're a good player, you're probably going to get a second chance, and maybe sometimes you'll get a third chance. I, I realize that some of you might not agree with third chances. If you don't agree with second chances, then I think you and I might have a, a, a huge philosophical divide. Um, a, a, absolutely. But... Uh, Kevin, I don't know what to tell you. If you're not comfortable with Evander Kane being on the team, I totally respect that. I, I, I totally respect that. I Personally, I don't see a connection between him and Craig McTavish. And I think if you'll look around the NHL, there have been other players, uh, you know, NFL, NBA, like pick a league. There have been players who have been given second chances. Uh, you know, I don't think a player should, I don't think a human being should lose their right to to earn a living because of uh because of one incident um but and i mean again back to craig mctavish you're right it was awful what he did i mean craig uh, mct doesn't talk about it publicly he was on this show for most of this past season every couple of weeks uh but but i kind of would struggle with the mct situation of somebody saying well like you can never work again in your chosen field you got to go do something else um you know with with evander kane again there have been some some things that uh, there have been some accusations that have that have never been proven. There have been some, you know, gambling issues, bankruptcy that he's trying to take care of. I I, I would think he he knows he's kind of down to his last chance. Ken Holland said today everybody in the locker room wanted him back, and I take Ken Holland at face value. It's it seemed like he was a pretty popular teammate. Now I I, I again if Kevin or others of you are are nervous about it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I, I understand that there, there there is a history there, but look, guys, we know how pro sports works. If you, if you're good enough, you're going to get a contract. 
but you can let me know how you feel. 780-496-0063. Inside Sports on Chet. You're listening to 630 Chet Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. All right, appreciate you tuning in tonight, uh, talking about Jack Campbell joining the Oilers, Evander Kane and Brett Kulak staying with the Edmonton Oilers. We just had a caller uh, very unhappy that Evander Kane not just is with the Oilers, but uh, as a matter of fact, is in the NHL in any capacity. Uh, we have Harry on the Certainty Hotline as well. Harry, go ahead. Hey, Reid. Uh, just kind of a follow-up from yesterday when I called in about you know the road to the Cup going through Colorado. So, elated to hear about Evander Kane being signed. Amazing, I mean, team-friendly contract. Um, when I heard about the rest, Campbell, obviously, super excited to have a number one goalie. And Gulak, great. And then I started thinking myself, well, gee, how different of a team are we from where we left off? So the biggest change being, okay, we have a different goalie in net. And you're asking yourself, hey, is that really enough? Mm-hmm. And I think if we put it into the context of we really lost that series, maybe because of, you know, you could say goaltending a little bit questionable, but we had Darnell Nurse injured. We had Leon Dreisaitl injured. And when you put that on paper and you do a comparison, arguably I think we did pretty good today. Would I like to have seen maybe another forward signing or, you know, as I commented yesterday, maybe a more stand-up-in-your-face defenseman, although I think that could come maybe from Nima Linen. Um Interesting little fact, though, if you take a look at the number of times that Toronto played Colorado last year, it was twice. First game, they won 8-3 to three at the end of November, Campbell and Nett. Second game, they lost 5-4 in overtime, Campbell and Nett, but stopping 44-49 shots. So it's only an end of two, but I think at the end of the day, if we, if we say that we're done as of now, I'm pretty happy. Right on, Harry. We appreciate it. Trevor and Chris, you're coming up next. I know you want to chime in. We'll get you after the news. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.